Welcome back to the Worldview Minute. We are now starting to shift as we've built most of the necessary theological foundations of, to understanding the world and life in total. We are now beginning to shift to apply that to specific areas of life. And this series here on truth is kind of that hinge point as we move from the foundations, because truth is a foundation here, uh, and then we're going to start applying that into major areas of life. And we have to address first the culture that we live in, the mood that we live in, that we live in what is best called a post-truth world. Not really world, but a culture, an age, in which we think we have gone beyond the idea of a universal or totality um, of truth, that there are no universal storylines that uh, bind all truths or facts or particulars together. We say there is no absolute truth. And of course, that statement is a self-defeating statement. For to say there is no absolute truth is to make an absolute truth claim. To say we are against totalizing narratives or totalizing stories like Christianity is itself a totalizing story. These are contradictory statements. But our postmodern relativistic age loves to be contradictory. It thrives in contradicting itself. And as we've removed God, as we've removed the foundation for truth, all we are left with now is particulars. We're left with the imminent. imminent. We have left the transcendent God behind, and we are now left with no universal standard, no totalizing story of life, and so we are left with only particulars. How do these particular facts relate to one another? How do these particular truths relate to one another? Well, they don't. And so, in the absence of a totalizing foundation, we have now replaced that with the individual. You now have your truth. You have your truth, I have my truth. You have to discover your own truth. You have to live and express that own truth yourself. But it is not a um, true in the sense that that word has been used for most of human history. And sometimes we even take that a step further, especially if you're a little more read in these areas, is that this truth is then determined culturally. As a society, we determine what is right and wrong. As a society, we determine our laws. As a society, as a society we determine what is good and true. Uh, the experts in any given field, they are the ones who determine what is true, and you have to listen to those experts if you want to know what is true. If all of this is sounding familiar to you, you're beginning to understand what it is like to live in a post-truth world. Well, Christianity is a religion that is based upon this claim, that it is true. Not true for me, not true for you, but true to what is there. We're going to unpack that more in some in some upcoming episodes, but this idea of truth is really the assumption and the foundation that the entire Christian faith is built upon, that these things are true to what is there. And so we have are living in an age in which by turning within, replacing God with the self, we don't have a foundation anymore. All the different facts, all the different disciplines, they exist on their own. There is no center or foundation to life anymore, and you can feel it. We are constantly being shook. There is no unity to us as a people anymore because there is no unifying truth principle that we, we all believe in. And so we have this, this problem today of how do we determine what is true? I was having a discussion with a, a pro-trans uh, protester not that long ago. And again, this, this, reflects, this reflects the age that we live in. Okay. We get to determine what is true for ourselves, and so we are even able to determine our own biology. A man can say he's a woman, and that is more foundationally true than his actual biology. How do you get there? Well, I was having this discussion with this guy. He thought my view was wrong. I thought his view was wrong. I was willing to be intellectually honest with him as to why, and so I started asking him questions. Well, I'm like, well, how do we determine what is right and what is wrong? What's, what's true and, and what's not? And he would appeal to the experts. Well, the experts say that... Uh, 
bio, our bio, sex is not determined by biology. And I'm like, well, which experts are that? That's just, that's not true. That's, that's one group of experts in a very limited time frame and a very limited worldview. You go outside the West, those experts aren't going to be saying uh, these things. And the experts can be, can be wrong. But I said, well, how do we determine what is right and wrong? And he says, well, the culture determines for it. I said, okay, well, if my cultural beliefs are saying that we should have laws that ban surgeries on minors, transsexual surgery on minors, and yours say that that we should allow them, how do we get to determine what is right? And he's like, well, my, so I asked him, is my view wrong? He goes, yes, according to my culture. And I'm like, well, why does your culture get to tell my culture what's, what's wrong? And he's like, because it is wrong, according to me. And I'm like, all you're really saying is that you prefer that. You're not actually saying it's wrong because there is no wrong. I said, what makes the Muslim countries that execute homosexual homosexuals wrong? Their culture says it's right. He's like, yeah, so it's right for them. I'm like, okay, but but is it actually right? Then he goes, well, no, I think it's wrong. I'm like, well, why do you think that? Because culturally, my culture says it's wrong. I'm like, so it's not actually wrong, is it? And he's like, no, it is. And I'm like, no, you're saying your culture says it's wrong. Theirs says it's right. They prefer it. You don't prefer it. There's no actual right and wrong. And I looked him in the eye and I said, I think it's wrong that those nations would execute homosexuals. And I can say I actually really believe it's wrong because there is a, a standard out there beyond my preferences. And we went back and forth for this a while, but this is what we have turned the idea of truth into. As soon as you remove the absolute, the universal standard, all we are left with is particulars. Instances that, that have no real meaning because there's nothing to be appealed to outside of it. And so we have... Um, we have turned the idea of truth into a preference. That me saying I believe in Christianity, that Christianity is true, it's no different than me saying that I like pepperoni pizza. And we get these, these sloppy statements that, well, that's really just Levi saying he prefers pizza. It's the same things that he prefers Christianity. It works for him, just like this pizza works for him. But Christianity is not making that claim. It is not making the claim that you prefer it or that it just works for you, but that it is true to what is there. And so when we talk about things like preference with pizza, we just need to be more specific in the truth claims that we're making. Levi prefers pepperoni pizza over cheese pizza. That statement is either true or it is false. And it's a statement about what I prefer. Right? Statements about whether or not Jesus is God are either true or false. It has nothing to do with preference. You can prefer wrong things or you can prefer right things. We are searching for what is actually there, what is actually true. And we live in an age in which we don't think that there is any authority out there besides the self or maybe the culture that can determine that. How do you and I as Christians live and engage in such a world? Well, I'm going to unpack that in the next couple episodes. I hope you'll join me in this as we live in this world that on the one hand says there is no truth, but in the other hand, can't live like that. That's, that's the thing we have to come to terms with is on the one hand, they say there is no truth because when you appeal to God, they have to run and hide somewhere. But once they actually get control, they will now say, well, my truth that I am a woman, even though I was born a man, that I'm a woman, you now have to affirm. Why? I thought truth was relative. You now have to use my pronouns or you will be fired or removed from polite company. Why is that? Because no one can actually live as if truth doesn't exist. We live in God's world. No amount of denying God's world will remove the fact that truth exists and that when I claim something to be true, I expect others to live in accordance with that. So as much as the relativists want to say truth is, is relative to the individual, they don't act that way when they get to politics. 
They don't act that way when they get to legislation. They don't act that way when they demand their pronouns be respected. Well, if my truth says that I shouldn't use those pronouns, they don't care about that argument because they don't care about being contradictory. It's ultimately for them an expression of power and underneath that, a rebellion against the true authority of God. So, no one can live as if truth is not actually really real. And we're going to unpack how do we respond to that? How did we get there? So first we're going to understand how we got there, and then we're going to build a response as Christians to this idea of truth. What does it mean to be true, and why is this important to Christianity? I encourage you to like, comment, and share on this video as we continue to build that Christian worldview one minute at a time.